Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. And welcome back. Come one, come all, come on in. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dynasty Force Podcast back here on Twitter. As always, on Wednesdays, Dynasty Force Pod on Twitter, Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube, and uh, the following day on all streaming platforms. Here, as always, with my comrade of uh, many years at this point, Billy Brisbane. Bill, how's it going today? You were telling me about your uh, th- your UFC winnings, the uh, the event that UFC had today going on. Um, you want to dive into that for the people? Yeah, man. Uh, it was UFC Fight Island 8, and uh, just because it's a Wednesday card, they had it in Abu Dhabi time, so that's 9 o'clock Eastern time and then 6 a.m. for the people out there on the West Coast. Pretty interesting card, cashed in on a three-fight parlay. One of those fighters being Umar Namagamadov, the cousin of Khabib. He came in <laughs> looking just like Khabib because Khabib made his debut on the same exact day five years ago. And he also got the same exact submission that Khabib did. Kind of ironic. And uh, for the ones that want to get a little nugget here, Umar Namagamadov made his American debut in me and Rob's home state. New Jersey. Ooh, did he, he really? Made his debut at the Oceans Resort Casino, bro. <laughs> How many times have you been to the Ocean Resorts Casino and you would never think that like it would be like a crazy MMA undercard there or some shit like that? Um, pretty crazy to think about, man. But um, let's hop right into this award show, man, because I'm pretty excited to talk about this one too. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Shane Skladini commenting, oh, no, not UFC talk. Um, Shane, you get your money up and uh, you'll, you know, you'll be able to talk about whatever you want. You know, when you have success, uh, like my man Billy does over here, um, follow Billy on Twitter, by the way, getting bills on Twitter. And uh, I know he always puts out these little nuggets to help everyone Win some money. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasyForceFB. Kind of, my Twitter is kind of dry right now. Uh, not a ton of content to put out. I will at some point start writing uh, off-season dynasty articles, but that has not happened yet. Um, we'll get there. Hopefully one by the end of the month. We'll see. Oh, my God. I just, you know, as soon as I was talking about this, you remember last week, Bill, how we had the ranking show? Yeah. Um, and I said I would have my rankings up on the website somehow uh before uh this podcast and um i don't i don't at this moment have my uh, (laughs) rankings up i just remembered it just now um detroit beastie commenting look at these two act like they don't even know me anymore uh i don't think we do i don't think we act like that i don't love chris man i know i Chris is um, one of the best followers in the industry bro chris uh by the way if you're still here, which I'm hoping you are, um, I actually did want to get to you on this episode, but I had asked Shane because Shane, uh, who already commented, was complaining that we haven't asked him to be on this episode in a while. So I did ask him and he never got back to me. And by the time he, 
you know, I, I was like, okay, I guess Shane's not coming on. It was kind of short notice for you. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that to you. All love just trying to get mentioned on the show. I'm a fan. Chris, it takes very little to get you mentioned on the show. So thank you for being a fan. Thank you to all of our listeners for being fans. And um, Chris, we will get you back on shortly. I promise that because Chris provides the content that the people need, not just me and Bill, but everyone listening. And uh, yeah, that's not me just talking. Follow Chris on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Um, we'll get, like I said, we'll get him on here shortly, and he could talk more about what he's going on, got going on, on his Twitter. But as Billy alluded to, we got this award show today. Um, you know, we're gonna beforehand head in before we head into our awards, which I will break down as we get to that segment um, and the sort of. Uh, Bill, this is more of your uh, spot here. Chris saying, okay, boys, talk soon. DFS hockey combo, fingers crossed. Yeah, man. Everyone's been telling me if you understand daily fantasy sports and the way the GPP concepts are set up, and if you play MLB baseball especially, because, you know, me and Chris have dabbled in. I came over there on DFS cheat sheets before. And, um, man, when me and Chris are on the same MLB podcast and I do my research before, it's some fire, man. I was jacking up some names, but uh, I understood the stats, man. But I, I might hop into the DFS hockey realms of things. I mean, uh, why not it, make more money, yeah. right? Yeah, why not? Um, So that's definitely more in your boat than mine. Uh, maybe I'll get there one day. We'll see. So it's a process at this point. Um. But yes, the uh, awards show that we're getting into, we also got some news to break down. It's been an eventful week. Philip Rivers just retired today. Bill, how do you feel about that? Thank God. <laughs> I wanted him to be a, a Hall of Famer, and he's just fucking up his career, but keep on playing. I mean, the Colts made the playoffs. The Colts made the playoffs, but they made the playoffs because Jonathan Taylor finally got the fucking ball. <laughs> like, am I right though? Like yeah, all year, owners were like, you know, if Jonathan Taylor gets like twenty touches a game. You know, he's gonna be that guy. Oh, like, he was. He was definitely that guy. Definitely. Yeah. Once he got the twenty touches, like it was in college again, he was, he showed why he was the first. Uh, I should say top tier in the draft picks, not first round draft picks, but right second round draft picks, damn near first round draft pick. We don't see running backs going the first. Yeah, round. and and I believe it was. Uh, top 10 in that second round so yeah so i think that's a first round draft pick investment essentially um the big question that i've seen so far is who plays quarterback for the colts next year um i would not expect jacoby Brissett just because i don't know if he's a free agent or not he might actually be a free agent i think jacoby Brissett's like good though not good but like good for that system he, I agree with that. I think he would beat out a rookie if a rookie, like, either got yeah. drafted for that team or if they gave uh, – what's that dude's name that came from Washington? Eaton? Jacob Eason. Yeah, I, I think he would beat him out and if there's a preseason and there's mm-hmm. – that's a, that's a lot to be said. But if there's any preseason games, I feel like Jacoby Brissett would outplay anybody except, like, a legit starter that would be in free agency. 
You know what I'm I saying? Think, I think I think Drew Brees that's above a replacement level quarterback. So names that you could kind of throw out there: James Winston, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, Matthew Stafford, um, you know, I don't know why the Lions would be shopping him, but uh, maybe the Colts. I I would say that would be a good move by the Colts to buy him if the Lions really were shopping him. And then uh, Deshaun Watson, you never know. Nah, man. Deshaun's going going to a team that's got the dollar, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. The Colts are actually uh, third, I believe, in um, cap space after this Uh, season. Yeah, from the Andrew Luck that finally came off this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they got a lot of rookie deals, too, like Darius Leonard. Uh, That's why I said the Andrew Luck one. After that came off the books, man, in 2021, that was the one. Definitely. All right. Other news that we can hit on real quick, basically head coaching hires. Uh, We mentioned the Detroit Lions. They hired Dan Campbell as their head coach. He was the assistant head coach slash tight ends coach for the New Orleans Saints. Um, The Atlanta Falcons hired Arthur Smith as their head coach, Titans offensive coordinator. Um, By the way, I really like this as a Falcons fan because the Falcons over the years since uh, Bobby Petrino left, they had Mike Smith, and then they had Dan Quinn. Both were defensive guys who didn't really fix the defense. So let's invest in our offense, and we have not been able to run the ball well uh, since Kyle Shanahan was there, and really only when Kyle Shanahan was there. So since uh, we're going with Arthur Smith, who just coordinated a 2,000-yard rushing season for Derrick Henry, Uh, I'm very excited for that potential. Um, Moving on, Jacksonville Jaguars. We mentioned at the end of the last pod, they officially hired Urban Meyer as their head coach. New York Jets hired Robert Sala as their head coach. And um, I believe, so the Eagles still have that opening and the Texans still have that opening. Um, so we're just kind of waiting on them. Eric Bieniemy still out there as a potential hire. Um, Bill, as an Eagles fan, do you have any preferences? I just hope we make the right decision. I feel I, a lot of fans I've been seeing have been complaining about this because it's a little bit late for a uh, head coach hiring around this time because uh, combines next month. Actually, in, what in a week? The or combine so? was canceled. Um, um, yeah, sadly. Um, it would be uh, very soon, though. I, I believe it would be next month at some point. Um, free agency is starting somewhat in March. But, you know, uh, I believe the Eagles expect a decision within the next week. So, you know, over this next to Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we should have an answer. And uh, Houston, I have no idea what, what they're thinking. And I think a lot of coaches feel the same way with, uh, you know, who knows how Deshaun Watson really feels about things. So, Yeah, I definitely do agree with that one. Um, so there's that, and then there is the playoff results from the weekend that we talked about last week. The Baltimore Ravens fell to the Tennessee – no, I'm sorry. Why did I say Tennessee Titans? Um, they fell to the Buffalo Bills – and the Kansas City Chiefs prevailed over the Cleveland Browns. Bill, thoughts on the AFC Championship between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills? For argument's sake, 
let's say Patrick Mahomes is playing. For those of you who are under a rock and don't know, Patrick Mahomes uh, received a concussion sort of thing. I don't believe it's officially been diagnosed as a real concussion, but he's in the concussion protocol. Um, But uh, I believe they expect him to play this week. And um, yeah, so, so what are your thoughts looking at this game, Bill? Um, they kind of, I, I want the real injury reports. I want the bullshit injury reports because Mahomes definitely got a concussion, but they didn't list it as a concussion because if you get a concussion, you have to go through concussion protocol and you can't really change concussion protocols. But mm-hmm. if you list it as any other injury, you can kind of say, fuck it. Work your way. Yeah. Or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Chiefs are kind of low-key working their way around the injury reports. Because if you really watch that game, bro, Mahomes was really like that was a concussion. Yeah. You know, that, what I'm that the was, way honestly he was like kind of scary. stuff like that. Yeah. What did they list the injury as, bro? Um, I don't know. I think that I heard Andy Reid say he took a little hit on the back of the head. Um, but I, I have not seen an official injury concussion. report, right? Yeah, like it's not like it's not like Patrick Mahomes enters concussion protocol. It's like they're like, all right, we're renaming this injury so we don't play. <laughs> Basically. But, but he's still I, going through most of the steps in that process. Bro, the so. fact that he doesn't get listed as concussion protocol gives me all the inclements that I think that he plays. And if he does play, minus three, Chiefs, way too cheap of a line. Um, I love the Chiefs this week. And I'm going to ride out, man. I'm going to ride out with it. Buccaneers over the Buccaneers over the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, the Bucks Bucks did beat the New Orleans Saints. Packers defeated the uh, uh, Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, 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 and they're moving on. And um, so you you took the Bucks line over the Packers, you said, right? Yeah, man. I got to show the Bucks some love, man. They catched out for me last week. I bet the Bucks money line against the Saints. Um, I was feeling a little bit. I was feeling a little bit discouraged. <laughs> that was a good game, though. It was we talked about forth, the Ravens you know? money line, man, and I, I bet that one too. And that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. But I had the Chiefs money line with some UFC parlays, so I was like, "All right, the Chiefs cashed out for me. Might as well just flip like a quarter of this." So I bet the uh, the Buccaneers money line. My boss is a Saints fan, diehard Saints fan. Heartbreaking to see him uh, lose that. But um, I knew the Bucks' money line was going to cash because that was the last underdog left on the whole entire playoff card. Yeah. The sports books always have to have one underdog win. I feel. I feel. Uh, Trey, Trey also commenting here. What's up, fellas? FF Superflex Guru on our episode last week. And if you missed it, check us out on all major listening platforms. So this week, uh, after this weekend, we'll know who's going to be a part of Super Bowl 54, I believe. I I feel like I would be, yeah, I'm losing track, but at the same time, I feel kind of stupid to not know, but, uh, you know, it'll be exciting. Uh, I think a State Farm Super Bowl of uh, Pat Mahomes and Green Bay would be cool, but at the same time, not enough people are talking about uh, the potential for Brady to host a Super Bowl because Tampa is hosting that Super Bowl this year. So um, 
You know, yeah, Tampa no, Bay makes the Super Bowl. Yeah, it would be crazy. All right. So that's basically all the news. There's not a ton of news that is really coming out right now. Uh, Mark Ingram, by the way, also got released by the Baltimore Ravens to give him a little heads up, head start on uh, free agency. But I don't believe he can sign until free agency hits. And um, it just clears the way a little bit for what we saw at the end of the season, which was a combination of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. A lot of people are saying that they expect to see Gus Edwards sign somewhere else and make more money. I don't see it happening because he is a restricted free agent, which obviously, uh, if you I remember, any offer though, do they care? They got J.K. Dobbins. I agree, but um, Gus is the average. Running back position so replaceable in the NFL. It is, but base like J.K. Dobbins or I'm sorry, Gus Edwards has averaged over five yards a carry over the past three uh, years. Five yards a carry if you're getting fucking. 20 yards. I mean, if you're getting 20 fucking carries a year, man, I'm not surprised, man. Uh, Trey, comment yeah, again. Just 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 back. Back. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, too. And they could even spend like a fourth round pick or so on. Yeah, some I, I don't position. see them matching any Gus Edwards offers, bro. Like, I the don't only think, thing I don't is think that invested in him, bro. The only thing is that, too, if they put any sort of tender on him, um, teams would also have to, yeah. Teams would also have to match their draft picks. So, like, if they put like even a, like even like a fourth round tender, you know, what is a team gonna pay? You know, one and a half to two million a year. Lions do that, bro. Like, yeah, I would be surprised. Like, some random ass team. Like, yeah, yeah, man, we gotta get DeAndre Swift the backup. Man, Gus Edwards be perfect. <laughs> like, all right, dude. it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think the Ravens are going to be like, all right, bro, we got to match this, but we got J.K. Dobbins in right here. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, as a J.K. Dobbins dynasty fan and owner, I would love to see it happen. But uh, Wasn't that the narrative that everybody was talking about last year in draft season? You I might have paid off the first year, but the second yeah. year, once Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards leave, he's yep. going to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So I mentioned it at the top of the show. I mentioned it a bit throughout the show, but we got our awards for the 2020 season on today's episode. It's a little delayed in a way. I feel like a lot of shows have gotten their awards out, but that makes our awards a bit different. Plus, I tried to throw a little differences in there so it's not all, um, you know, the normal MVP who is the best player at this position. We do have those, but we have a little quirks in there, some few quirks in there as well. Um, so we're going to give our MVPs, and then we are going to uh, post them as polls, basically. You know, who's your fantasy MVP for the season? We're going to give uh, our answers uh, as candidates for the polls, and then we'll give two other um, options uh, depending or three, if Bill and I have the same player. Um, so yeah, uh, in a nutshell, that is, uh, the process that we're going to follow. So we'll give our MVPs our, you know, we have most improved player. We have comeback player disappointment of the year. Um, unexpected success, the rookie of the year. And of course the positional positions, positional, uh, not positions, but positional awards, best quarterback 
and things of that nature. Um, so we will break them down. We'll post them to Twitter in a poll, see where you guys vote. And uh, we'll talk about that on the next pod as sort of like an icebreaker too. So for this episode, we're going to lead it off with the heavy hitter, the MVP award. Bill, I will let you speak first to this topic. This player that you have chosen, it's an interesting choice. I've heard a lot of people talk about the fancy MVP for the season. I haven't heard this name enough. So why don't you just dive in here? Fancy MVP for the 2020 season. Yeah, my fancy MVP this year is going to be Travis Kelsey. Um, just because if you look at the other guys that were drafted around that range in the late first round, early second round, those are guys that are like Michael Thomas and stuff like that, Kenyon Drake, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, people that really burned you this year, I felt like. And I felt like the positional advantage that Travis Kelsey gave you compared to every other tight end, he scored like a top 10 wide receiver at the tight end position. And I felt like the positional advantage, if that was your second pick in any draft, you probably found yourself in a lot of championships. Yeah, um, Kelsey, I mean, (laughs) Kelsey has finished as the tight end one for five straight seasons now. Yeah. And, you know, he's just – it's funny, too, because it's at the worst position in fantasy for for you to have such a consistent and helpful piece. He's only getting older, but at the same time, like, I feel like he's an asset that you want more and more. Like, he's probably not someone you're buying in Dynasty because of the price, but, like, next year in redraft leagues, I'd be willing to bet that he goes higher than he did this year. Yeah, I feel like with Travis Kelsey, back in the day, we liked Travis Kelsey because of his talent level. But now we like him because of the Patrick Mahomes offense. You know what I'm saying? I think he's more of a product of the offense than he is rather than talent himself. But I think the fact that he's still a talented player and the core bones of his body mixed in with such a talented player like Patrick Mahomes. Because I think Patrick Mahomes running an offense is transcendent for fantasy numbers. Like Regardless if he finishes the number one quarterback, the people that are around him are going to do so good. You know what I'm saying? And no, I, I know what you mean. The uh, ancillary pieces around them is him and Travis Hill just really running the show, and whatever third person wants to show up that week, if it's McCole Harbin, Sammy Watkins, or uh, McCole Harbin. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, I that's you know one of the reasons why I like buying McCole Hardman in Dynasty right now. But but we'll get into that eventually. Actually, could be something we do on a show here in a few weeks. Um, Trey commenting again, love the involvement, Trey, here today. Kelsey, love that choice. Would have been mine too, Bill. Most championship yeah. teams had Kelsey. I agree. You know what, what's funny, Bill, or I'm sorry, what's funny, Trey, um, I actually, you know, we made our choices independently. Uh, I put mine in. Bill didn't know what mine were. And then after Bill put his in, we, you know, showed each other ours. So, uh, we didn't make our decisions based off of one another, but I actually named my MVP as Travis Kelsey as well. Um, look, when you finish as the tight end one by a margin of greater than four points per game, that's a that's a pretty healthy yeah. margin. He was literally week in, week out, giving you an extra... And that's if, you know, 
your uh, opponent had Darren Waller. Like, because after Darren Waller, it fell even more. Next highest points per game was Mark Andrews at 12.6. So, you know, Kelsey up there, I believe he was averaging around 20 points per game. So when you're averaging about eight points more than most of the competition, you know, you're you're just a different breed at the position. Uh, Kelsey finished with only three games under 15 fantasy points. Um, And by the way, after week seven, he had zero finishes under 15 fantasy points. He really turned it on when you need it, consistently producing at what I said, which was one of the worst positions in fantasy to find production. Um, like, Like you said, Bill, if you had Travis Kelsey, you were likely either in the championship, you at least made the playoffs, and, um, you know, you could have tanked a few other picks, but yeah. as long as you had Travis Kelsey, you were good. You couldn't, you know, you can make it work because he was just the difference maker at the position and something you couldn't find at any other position, really. So with that said, both of us having Travis Kelsey, I did not expect you to have Travis Kelsey. Um, not saying he doesn't deserve it. Obviously, I picked him. But, you know, I thought I was going a little out of the way with picking him this year, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you did. Glad we could agree on that one. Yeah, I mean, I can just tell the chat now that he's the tight end pick, too, as well. We can just knock that one. <laughs> <laughs> that might as well be the Travis Kelsey award. Actually, you know, let's make it simple. Tight end of the year, Travis Kelsey, and Bill's tight end of the year, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, um, to get that one out the way. We're not going to we're not yeah. gonna be uh, yeah. long. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, let's get into some more exciting picks here. Let's go to the quarterback of the year. Um, this also factors in more than just fantasy finish. You know, if we just said quarterback of the year was, you know, Josh Allen, he finished as the number one quarterback. Okay, that'd be, you know, good reasoning, but it's kind of, you know, lame to say that. You know, quarterback of the year, Patrick Mahomes. Well, you got him in the second round. Patrick Mahomes was valuable, but at the same time, you know, there's other things that factor in, such as the draft position that I mentioned, such as, you know, consistency. Um, Russell Wilson finished high in the quarterback finishes, but, you know, he was on fire in the first half, kind of fell off in the second half. There's things to factor in here. So I'm going to start it off here with my quarterback of the year, and I mentioned him as kind of an example. It's going to be Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills. My main reason for taking Josh Allen here is because um, he was a double-digit round pick in a lot of fantasy drafts. Um, he's just someone that not a lot of people were expecting to be as... Yeah, he, he they didn't expect him to finish as the quarterback one, which he did, by the way. Um Really, the difference for him was adding Stefan Diggs this season. Yeah. Adding that dynamic wide receiver one, John Brown became a clear number two, and he was effective in that role. Cole Beasley was great in the slot as the number three option. Adding Stefan Diggs helped this offense a ton. Um, and for Josh Allen, too, you know, he had a, a little midseason lull, but he was really hot when you really needed it, which was at the beginning of the year to get you off to a hot start. And then at the end of the year, leading up to and including the playoffs. So Josh Allen, for me, 
was the quarterback of the year. Um, Bill, you and I have a slightly different opinion on this one, but I want to hear your opinion too because I think he was great this year as well. I think he deserves some love. Yeah, man. Um, I just felt like from a consistency aspect, it was just a no-brainer. kind of felt like if it was like vintage days of Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback of the year this year. Not a player that a lot of people – I feel like we're high on, and I feel like a lot of sharp people weren't high on this year. I was not high on Rodgers, and he balled out this year. Um, he averaged basically two touchdowns per game, and that's from a stationary quarterback in the year 2020 and 2021. You can't ask anything more than a quarterback that's average two touchdowns per game. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, we Close. have second for me, though, was Kyler Murray. But he Kyler was out. great. Um, I probably would have taken Aaron Rodgers over Kyler Murray. Uh, so I probably would have had them both ahead of Kyler, but Kyler would have been there at three for me. I he think Kyler, like you, yeah, like you just said, he flaked out. Um, injuries, other little issues. He was off to an incredible start in the beginning of the season. Um, he, like I said, like you said, if he didn't flake out, he would probably easily be both of our quarterbacks of the year. Um, I mean, you know, things happen, uh, a little disappointing, but not, not on his fault and it wouldn't really affect his, uh, his outlook long-term for me. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, close, close there for the quarterback of the year. Um, let's move on here though, between our quarterbacks and don't forget uh, you can comment, obviously, on Twitter and YouTube now. But even if you do not, we're going to be posting these uh, awards as polls later on to our Twitter at Dynasty Force Pod. So you can vote on them. We'll have other candidates for the award, like Kyler Murray for the quarterback of the year. And, uh, you know, vote however you see fit, and we'll go over it on the next episode, excuse me, of the Dynasty Force Pod. So. From here, Bill, let's move into the most improved player award for the fantasy season. I'll let you kick it off here. Same position for both of us, but different players. The floor is yours. Yeah, um, I like your pick, but I felt like um, your pick, we knew that season was going to happen and the other players are going to drop off. But I feel like uh, my pick, DK Metcalf, Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. I feel like the ADP difference between last year and this year is going to be so significant. That's the reason why I say he's going to be my fantasy most improved player because last year people who talked about DK Metcalf as like a fifth to sixth round pick and redraft leagues and were like, yeah, you know, I would take him. You know, if he fell to me in the fourth or fifth or sixth round, I would be pretty happy to take him. But now I feel like he's going to be a second to third round pick and yeah. he's going to get that ADP spike in August and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's DK Metcalf, dude. He's fucking jacked. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think he was going to really improve off of those touchdown numbers from last year, but I think he improved in the consistency category. And I think that DK Metcalf, still we have not seen the full ceiling from him yet. And I still think that there's a little bit meat left on his bone at a very high ADP this year because I think that ADP is going to go skyrocketing. It will. Um, we did dynasty rankings on last week's episodes, or episode, I should say. Um, and DK Metcalf, 
is one of the biggest jumps from 20 before the 2019 or 2020 I'm sorry before the 2020 season to after because of his performance because of his age when you factor in all that and his quarterback Russell Wilson yeah so um, I gave the most improved player award just because of the ADP difference I feel like you can't tell me you can't close your eyes and think about DK Metcalf being a back end of the second round beginning of the third round draft yeah he'll, he'll be there and then in Dynasty is going to be at the end end of the first round. You're going to be like, DK Metcalf in the first round? Yeah, he, <laughs> he deserves to be there. He is a physical freak. Um, and I think we'll get a discount price tag on A.J. Brown next year because I don't think people are going to be high on that offense. Did you see uh, A.J. Brown posted – he was like live on Instagram or something. He said he got surgery on both knees. That's yeah, and, and that uh, – they said he was going to be done for the season after week two, after his week two game. And then he played the rest of the season, made the Pro Bowl, and now he's getting surgery on both knees. That's that's crazy. Um, he is a – they are both different breeds, Ole Miss and Ole Miss wide receivers. Uh, speaking of most improved player, though, we'll head into mine now. A little hometown bias here, but I am taking – Calvin Ridley for the most improved player. He's always kind of been a middling wide receiver too. Uh, ever since he's been in the NFL, it's really been on the back of touchdowns. But this season he finished as the wide receiver five. He was one of only four wide receivers to average more than 19 points per game in PPR leagues. Up there with Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, and Tyreek Hill. Um, Calvin Ridley... You know, I believe I was asked this question, like, you know, is there a world where Calvin Ridley outscores Julio um, in a, you know, non-injury sense? Well, obviously, you know, can't answer that now with with Julio uh, in his injuries. But at the same time, I I feel like Calvin Ridley really asserted himself this year into the um, elite wide receiver tier. Um, he's a little older, so I feel like he's not getting as much love as DK Metcalf in Dynasty, like two years older, 25 years old. So obviously you want to go a little younger. You want to get DK Metcalf. And I believe, you know, if you were to ask this for 2021, who is the alpha wide receiver in Atlanta? Bill, I'll ask you, who's the alpha wide receiver in Atlanta next year? I if Julio no, is mean, still on the team. Yeah, I think it's definitely Calvin Ridley by a wide margin. And oh, it's pretty surprising because I feel like people weren't on Calvin Ridley after there was so many vacated targets in that offense. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, vacated targets were the big argument for Calvin Ridley. He got a lot of offseason hype. I saw some people arguing against it. Um, but, you know, he had a true breakout season, uh, was on fire over the first five weeks. And um, I feel like, you know, we were talking about DK Metcalf and his price in the draft really skyrocketing. I feel like Calvin Ridley's price is not going to go that high because I do expect Julio to be a Falcon next year. I still expect him to be the first Falcons wide receiver drafted. And when you're drafting that second wide receiver on the team, you know, unless it was like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans this year, people tend not to do, you know, draft that second wide receiver in the second or third round. I think he could sneak in there in the third round, but I think either way he's going to be a value next year in drafts. 
I would agree with that. Thank you, Bill. That that means a lot. Um, well thought out on my end, if I must say so myself. Um, so yeah, most improved player. Bill took DK Metcalf. I took Calvin Ridley. Some some slight difference there, but you know both wide receivers, both great dynasty assets. So let's move on here from the most improved most improved player award to kind of the opposite here in the biggest disappointment for 2021 bill i'll let you lead this one off yours is more injury related mine is more performance related but uh yeah i'll let you uh take the reins here what was the question again most back player of the year the disappointment Oh, disappointment. disappointment of the year is going to be um, – it's a tie between CMC and Barkley, um, just injury-related because you drafted them so high. And um, we kind of got bad injury reports, I feel like, of them. You know, we kept on getting the inclinations that CMC was going to come back. came back for that one week. I heard again. And it was just like – I feel like if you own CMC or Barkley this year, it was just a total headache if they were ever going to come back or not. Uh, Barkley, I will say on that side, um, you know, torn ACL week two was pretty clear cut. Like after pretty that, clear you know, cut, but you never know, man. I, I know a lot of people that held on to Barkley. If you were like a, uh, if you had the death roster, to do it. I feel, um, for me, you know, I had a league where I had Barkley, um, and, and I feel like these were the clear one Oh one and one Oh two heading into the most drafts, which, you know, adds into the disappointment with the injuries. Um, McCaffrey, I completely understand, you know, you were in a position where hopefully he'll come back this week and then he just doesn't, you know, like I was in a league with a dude who owned McCaffrey and he was like sitting here saying like, I just got to make it through these next few weeks because then I'll have McCaffrey for the playoffs. And, um, well, you didn't make the playoffs. But even if he had made the playoffs, he wouldn't have had McCaffrey there, so he probably wouldn't have stood too much of a chance anyway. Um, so those are good picks, though, in my opinion. They were definitely disappointing, especially when they're the first two players off the board. But for me, uh, I'm going more performance-based here. I'm going to go with a guy that we loved heading into 2020 last year, we as in you and me, specifically Billy, and that's going to be rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Kansas City Chiefs, this is not injury-related, though I know he did miss a few games, but this is all based on how he performed because he was the running back 22 in points per game, and he was the running back 19 overall from weeks 1 through 16, which isn't bad. He didn't hurt your fantasy team, but we just had such high expectations for Clyde heading into the 2020 season. Uh, I don't remember exactly where I had him ranked, but I know I had him ranked top five. Bill, I know you had him ranked top five. We were both, you know, enamored with the potential of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had a big week one, and we, you know, we just saw the future of being all Clyde and kind of went downhill from there. Not a lot of touchdowns. To speak about they added Le'Veon Bill he took some work away there were just a, a lot of factors that went into Clyde not performing as well as uh, we had hoped but I will say that I am a fan of Clyde's dynasty prospects 
I think Dynasty speaking. I think next year speaking. I think he has a bright future still. Um, Bill, I'll push this over to you. What What are your thoughts long term for Clyde? Um, I think Clyde will be fine. I just feel like uh, sometimes we try to say we can predict touchdowns, but in reality, touchdowns are the most unpredictable stat in fantasy, and you know it's one of the best offenses in the league. He falls inside the end zone a couple times next year. People are going to forget about his rookie year. Definitely, definitely. And also, it's a rookie year, too, you know. Um, I don't think it was that bad of a bust, man. I was a Clyde owner, and I wasn't like, yeah, I, I, same. I I had him in a few leagues, and I wasn't disappointed in him. Um, Expected a little more. Definitely. That's where I'm coming from, especially, uh, you know, where you draft him. Um, I believe I drafted him. I know I drafted him in the first round. I believe I drafted him 107 in the two spots I had him. Uh, so, yeah, I, it could have gone better, um, but it definitely, it definitely could have gone a lot worse at the same time so um but when i was looking at those tops i was looking back at my rankings heading into the season guys who didn't really match up clyde kind of stuck out to me and you know it was kind of like a david montgomery sort of performance you know where last year i was in love with david montgomery last year when he was playing he was solid but he was never super fantastic um so that's kind of the same spot that i'm in here with David or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So uh, following up the rookie talk, let's head into the brighter rookie talk here. Let's talk about the rookies of the year. Uh, This will be one of my favorite awards to give out because, you know, we could definitely talk about dynasty here and and what we think about them long-term. We have two Justins on the list too. So that'll, that'll be exciting Bill, I'll let you kick it off here. Yeah, uh, my rookie of the year is going to be the real rookie of the year for <laughs> uh, rookie of the year votes. Um, Justin Herbert absolutely breaking touchdown uh, ratios for fantasy this year. Um, really high on the guy. Wasn't really high on him pre-draft. So the fact that we're saying this six months later shows how much I really think about the kid, man. I think that he is a top 10 dynasty quarterback for next year. Uh, definitely. Um, I think the big question that a lot of people ask is, would you rather have Justin Herbert or would you rather have Joe Burrow? Which, you know, uh, Joe Burrow, number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, same year coming out. They both looked really, really good. Joe Burrow sadly had the injury, though, and uh, is on the bench. Whatever bend. one is cheaper. What's that? Whatever one is cheaper. Yeah, um, I think they're – as far as I know, I think they're around the same price. I wish Trey was here, though. Trey, Trey has been in so many uh, startups that he just, like, kind of knows um, the, ADP. the ADP at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly. But Herbert, I, I expect him to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But at the same time, I'll be kind of disappointed if he does because I feel like – my pick is like kind of more more deserving, not because you know Herbert sucked or anything. Herbert looked amazing, but more so like my pick. So I'm just gonna come out with it. Justin Jefferson. I feel like what Justin Jefferson did at the wide receiver position, you don't see as often as you can see the quarterback position 
be revitalized. Like, I know Justin Herbert hit a mark that no rookie has ever hit, but we just saw the rookie touchdown record break in 2018 when Baker was the quarterback, you know? Um, yardage and, and things like that. But Justin Jefferson set the rookie yardage record, which is, you know, for receiving, that that's crazy. Receivers really tend not to piece it together until year three. And here we have Justin Jefferson looking phenomenal in year one. He finished as the wide receiver eight from weeks one through 16. And he was actually two spots ahead of his counterpart, Adam Thielen, who, uh, you know, everyone saw Adam Thielen as the clear number one heading into the season. He caught most of the touchdowns because he was super involved in the red zone. But Justin Jefferson was super consistent. Um, he had some struggles at the very beginning of the season, but he had some real elite games around then as well. And then he really turned it on, became very consistent after the bye in week seven. Uh, only one game at that point under nine points in, fantasy, in uh, full point PPR leagues. Um, and he was the wide receiver five over that time. He was just more consistent than really a lot of wide receivers. And as a rookie, I feel like it's tougher to do that at the wide receiver position than at the quarterback position. But, hey, I mean, they're both great. They're both amazing dynasty assets. Um, if you're in a super flex league right now, Bill, who would you rather have between Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson? I'm always going to go with the quarterback over the wide receiver. I feel. Because what? Is Adam Thielen going to go in the eighth, ninth round in dynasty leagues this year? That's possible, probably actually. Yeah, um, I think I Trey know. was. I think Trey did mention Adam Thielen's uh, dynasty ranking or ADP, and it, it was not super high. Yeah. Um, and there's other rookies too that we didn't talk about. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a great rookie season. James Robinson, obviously. Um, Joe Burrow, we mentioned. There's a lot of rookies that were CD Lamb, another one who were going to be super excited about Dax injury kind of threw him off but you know there's a lot to look forward to and um we're talking about the future here so rookie of the year we'll see who it goes to but it should be my Justin just saying all right heading on here let's talk about the next positional award here we're going to go into the running back of the year Bill yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Derrick Henry this year. Um, a lot of people were really concerned about Derrick Henry, and I'm pretty impressed by Derrick Henry. Um, rarely do we see a non-pass catching back finish so high back-to-back -back years, but, you know, Derrick Henry's just breaking the script, man. How about you? Who's your running back of the year? Yeah, and um, real quick, my running back of the year is not Derrick Henry, but I would like to say that I preseason – had when we made our uh, must draft players episode, our guys that we were absolutely in love with, Derrick Henry was one of my picks at the position. So that's something I, I mean, I know he's a great player, so uh, you know, can't, I can't take too much of a victory lap, but at the same time, best, best running back. I mean, yeah, can't, yeah, can't argue with that. For me, uh, I'm gonna take Alvin Kamara though. Alvin Kamara finished as the running back one in PPR leagues 
by a pretty healthy margin, despite disappointing when Taysom Hill was behind center with Drew Brees' injury for a few weeks. I mean, Alvin Kamara was just on another level this season. Especially, I feel like he had to be, too, with Michael Thomas' injury. You know, like you didn't have Slant Boy out there catching all the passes, um, all the short passes. You had to have Kamara make up for it a little bit. Taking out the Taysom Hill games, there was a total of three games where Kamara finished with less than 20 points. And all of them were above 18 points, except for one. And in that one game, he had 15.9. So that definitely did not hurt you either. He was really, really consistent this whole season. Um, And, of course, the fantasy championship week where you have six touchdowns, 56 fantasy points. I mean, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue with that literally championship winning season for Alvin Kamara. So he is going to be my running back of the year. I was so in on Alvin Kamara in 2019 last season and um i was one year off one year off it was so disappointing to not have really any alvin Kamara shares this year so we'll see i'll be somewhere in the middle next year i'm sure of it <laughs> um yeah, i'm gonna wait on Kamara this year but my fault for cutting you off no you're good you're good my guy um all right let's move on here let's talk about the unexpected success for the 2020 season. Now, I think this one, when we talk about this award, obviously, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's someone who comes out of nowhere, someone you didn't think was going to be good, and then all of a sudden they're just phenomenal. I think this is going to be a universal award for everyone. But, Bill, why don't don't you just enlighten everyone on who your decision is for this pick? Uh, you said disappointment. I mean, not disappointment. Unexpected. Unexpected. Yep. Yeah, unexpected. Uh, James Robinson. Um, not a guy that a lot of people were too high on coming into this year. A lot of people had Raquel Armstead as the uh, Jaguars listed started running back, and then he got COVID, and um, people are like, "Hey, you know, you should pick up James Robinson." Turns out he was the best uh, pickup of the year. How about you? I'm gonna go grab a water real quick, though. Sure thing. Help yourself. I'll dive in on my unexpected success of the year, who is also James Robinson. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I think this is a pick that everyone is kind of going to make. Um, he's just the easy decision because James Robinson, like no one expected really anything for him. Um, especially, you know, like you said, like when Leonard Fournette was there, you know, it was seen as the Lenny show. Then once he was cut, it was Ryquel Armstead was next up. Then he got COVID. He never really recovered. And, you know, even when James Robinson was expected to take over, I thought Chris Thompson would be heavily involved until that kind of just faded away. Um, He finished as a running back four overall in PPR leagues. He was undrafted in a lot of leagues, depending on when you drafted. Even if you did draft uh, closer to the season, he was probably still a double-digit round pick. Um. I mean, Robinson had 300 opportunities throughout the season. That was enough to buoy him up to a top-five performance, despite the fact that he was on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were bad enough to earn the number-one overall pick. 
and um, that workload and one of the most important positions in fantasy just made him a great option. Um, like I said, I think he's kind of the clear-cut winner for this award, no matter who's picking it. So uh, we can we can move on. Great season for James Robinson. Sadly, not either of our picks at Rookie of the Year. He deserves it. He deserves some votes. Um, so we'll uh, we'll. I think you know, Bill. I think Rookie of the Year will be the Twitter poll that I'm most interested in seeing the results of, because you know we'll have Justin Herbert. We'll have just. Justin Jefferson, we'll have James Robinson. I think there are three guys who very easily in any year could win it. And, um, well, yeah, we'll have to see. Twitter, I'll see you do your thing. It'll be definitely fun to look back on next week. All right. So we got a few more awards here. We got the um, Comeback Player of the Year award coming up. We got the Wide Receiver of the year award going on now. So this is also self-explanatory. This is going with the best wide receiver over the course of the year. We're factoring in draft position. We're factoring in big performances. We're factoring in everything besides, uh, you know, well, not besides fantasy finish, but we're not letting fantasy finish be our only factor here. So Bill, who's your wide receiver of the year for 2020? It's only right to match up the quarterback with the wide receiver here, and Devontae Adams is going to be my wide receiver of the year. Um, so ultra consistent this year. He gave you some boom games, didn't really bust too much. And um, out of the players that I said, a lot of the landmines happened in the back end of the first round uh, this year. Usually that's like the spot that people kind of want to go to, the beginning of the draft or the end of the draft, and those were the landmines this year. The middle of the draft is where it was, was, where it was at. If you got Kamara, Cook, or Kelsey or something like that, you were kind of pretty happy with your drafts this year. And I feel like Devontae Adams was kind of like that pick in that 10th, 9th overall pick in the first round for redraft leagues this year. This is more of a redraft award show, not dynasty award show. And um, that's why I would give the nod to Adams. How about you, Rob? Yeah, uh, Devontae Adams, I mean, phenomenal wide receiver one despite missing three weeks. I mean, that says it all right there. He was one of the best performing wide receivers um, we've seen in in quite a while, honestly. And uh, 48 passing touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers definitely helps. 18 receiving touchdowns this season for Devonta Adams. But for me, I'm going to go in a little different route here. I'm going to actually go with Stefan Diggs, wide Stephon receiver Diggity. for the Buffalo Bills. I actually just realized this as you said it, Bill. You said had to match up the wide receiver of the year with the quarterback of the year because you took Aaron Rodgers for your quarterback of the year and uh, Devontae Adams for your wide receiver of the year. I actually took Josh Allen for my quarterback of the year and Stefan Diggs is my wide receiver of the year. So I also matched up the wide receiver with the quarterback. Um, but Stefan Diggs was just, I mean, he was insane. Uh, I looked up his preseason ADP. Earlier, he was going around the fifth and sixth rounds in a lot of leagues. Um, he was a low-end wide receiver, two being taken. That differs a little bit from Devontae Adams. As you mentioned, he was a low-end first-round pick in a lot of leagues. But Stefan Diggs finished the season as the wide receiver thir- three overall and was one of the most consistent wide receivers in fantasy despite being drafted that late. He had a total of three games 
with less than 15 points. It's really a low mark there. And most importantly, when you really needed him during the playoffs, he was on fire from weeks 14 through 16. He averaged 32 fantasy points per game. He had a fantasy championship winning performance of 41 points in the championship week. Stefan Diggs, man, what a season. And uh, I'm happy to give him this award. Happy to have him as our, well, mine, wide receiver of the year. Which brings us to the final award. The Fantasy Comeback Player of the Year. This is, a, this is an interesting one. You know, you could go so many routes. Um, I see Alex Smith winning a lot of Comeback Player of the Year awards. but Real life-wise, I, I would agree with that. Real life, definitely. Uh, but fantasy-wise, I feel like we got to go in a different direction here. And I'm going to go in that different direction. I'm going to take Bill's quarterback of the year here. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was kind of left for dead. I, I mean, you know, Billy's given these reasons already. But like I said, I wasn't big on Aaron Rodgers heading into the season. And he was kind of left dead by a lot of people. Last year, he was the quarterback. 11, which made him much more of a streaming option than a mainstay at the position, turned in a big form this or in a big way, I should say, this year. 48 touchdowns, only five interceptions, had him rank at the end of the year as the quarterback four, and he averaged only two points per game less than Josh Allen, who finished as the quarterback one. Um, so, what, what a great season for Aaron Rodgers. He really came back uh, in a big way, in my opinion. Yeah. How about you at the comeback player of the year? You got an interesting take here, I think, on this one. Yeah, my comeback player of the year is going to be uh, David Montgomery, man. Um, I feel like if you drafted David Montgomery, you had your lot of doubts. He was probably your RB2 and finished the season as your RB1. Um, not a player that I'm really too high on, but, uh, man, he definitely proved the doubters wrong that end out the season. He definitely did. Um, I'll ask you this question real quick, though. Do you think his big performance this season was related to the fact that Tariq Cohen was not available for the Bears? So. But I don't think Tariq Cohen's going to come back for the Bears or even, I should say, look like the same players. So I think uh, David Montgomery's here instead. All right. We'll have to see how that goes. That'll be interesting to look into uh, when we get into the offseason and uh, the many things that are happening in the offseason. So, quick rundown of the awards that we had chosen. Fantasy MVP of the year, we both took Travis Kelsey. Fantasy most improved player, I took Calvin Ridley. He took DK Metcalf. Comeback player of the year, Bill took David Montgomery. I took Aaron Rodgers. Disappointment of the year for fantasy, Bill took Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. I took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh... Unexpected success of the year. We both took James Robinson on that one, as I'm sure the general public will as well. Um, rookie of the year, Bill took Justin Herbert. I took Justin Jefferson. Quarterback of the year, I took Josh Allen. Bill took Aaron Rodgers. Running back of the year, I took Alvin Kamara. Bill took Derrick Henry. Wide receiver of the year, I took Stefan Diggs. 
Bill took Devontae Adams. And tight end of the year, we obviously both took Travis Kelsey. So, very fun, amusing, interesting awards show. As I mentioned throughout the show, we'll be posting these on Twitter as a sort of poll. We'll have our winners as candidates. We'll have some other candidates thrown in there who are worthy. And we'll let you decide your winners for these awards. And then we'll come back next week. We'll reflect on them. So that'll be available on our Twitter that you should follow at Dynasty Force Pod. And then you should also check us out on YouTube. You can subscribe. You can click the bell. You can do whatever your heart desires. You can like our videos. You can comment. You can watch them all. I recommend that last. I actually recommend all of them. All, all those little suggestions that I made. Follow us, Dynasty Force Podcast. And um, you can follow us individually. Let me uh, get rid of this banner real quick. And you can see our uh, handles on Twitter. And if you can't see them because you're listening on all major streaming platforms uh, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, January 21st, when they will be available, um, you can follow Billy at Getting Bills on Twitter. And you can follow me at Fantasy Force FB. Bill, fantastic show. Um, very happy we could go through these awards with you. I'm also happy with our difference of opinions because you know we had some some big ones that were similar, like MVP Travis Kelsey, and I'm actually really glad we had that one the same. But we had some some big time differences too. So uh, it was nice to offer the little opinion switches there and and show our nice little you know you're the uh, I don't want to say dark side of the moon, but that's Let's say that anyway. And then, uh, you know, I'm the uh, the right side. I'm the uh, more accurate host, we'll call me. I had Derrick Henry as a must-draft player in uh, 2020, <laughs> so I will take all the victories. Um, but that's going to be it. Bill, do you have anything to say to the people as we head out? Any uh, Anything going on on your Twitter that they must check out? No, nothing, nothing really popping off for me right now. I'm about to crash after this episode, watch the challenge, and um, get ready for the night. Man, I got my Popeyes in the fridge, but eat that Ooh. Ooh. What? Uh, what'd you get? Can I ask? Um, chicken what? tenders, French fries, biscuit. Did you? Did you get the Mardi Gras mustard? Because that is. Nah, I don't like mustard. That shit's not good. It's. I don't know if it's really like mustard though. It's. Like horseradish. Yeah, that's why I don't like the honey mustard. A lot of the restaurant honey mustard tastes like it's mixed with horseradish. Interesting, interesting. I would, uh, I would religiously live off that. And the the tenders are amazing. Um, have you had this sandwich yet? Which we yeah, the have not talked about. Overrated. Overrated. I, like I agree. Chick fil A sandwich marks that one out eight out of ten days of the week. Yeah, and there's I always seven. <laughs> I agree completely. Um, sadly, as much as hype as it was getting, I was hoping for a little more. That Chick Fil A sauce is something different. Ooh. I don't care if it's barbecue sauce and honey mustard mixed together. Don't get me started. Job of it. You know they sell actual tubes of it in the store. Yeah, they sell in Walmart. It's like it's called like chicken dipping sauce or something like that. No, real Chick Fil A brand. Oh, really? Sauce, Chick Fil A uh, sauce. I got it. Really? But you ready well, to get out of here? Because I gotta go to sleep. Oh, I feel that. And uh, yeah, I gotta go because talking about food much longer is gonna make me yeah, 
Yeah, I already ate dinner, too, so that's not the best thing. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Dynasty Force pod, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks so much for joining. Catch you then. We out. <laughs>